You're listening to Toolbox of the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals where we interview leaders for their best tips and tricks of the trades. Learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in. Hello, contractors, and welcome to the Toolbox for the Trades, the show where we share the top tricks, tips, and tactics from top service professionals worldwide. Today, I'm chatting with Aaron Salo, the founder and CEO of XOI Technologies, a company that gives techs real-time data, insights, and mentorship to properly service or install a unit, while solving the skilled labor gap at the same time. During this episode, Aaron and I geeked out on data and our mutual passion for the trades with levels of snark previously unreached on this podcast. I hope you enjoy our energetic conversation as much as I did. Aaron Salo, you are the CEO and founder of XOI Technologies. Today, we are going to talk a little bit about how asset-centric data and technology can help create superhero technicians and reduce crime. I'm super excited to get into this, but before we do, I'm going to start this podcast the way I do every single one, which is how did you get into the trades? You know, I just was having a conversation with my dad about this just recently. So uh, by the time I was one year old, I was living in a factory, an apartment above a factory in which he started his first business. Uh, and so those manufacturing, a lot of the same things we service today in the trades. Uh, so it was very much part of my life from a very early age. So uh, I got into the trades, I would say at one, uh, because I was quickly had jobs around that factory and made forts out of that factory and all the things we would do there. So. Uh, and then since then have grown in love and appreciation for the men and women that do these things every single day. That's awesome. And I love the origin story there. We're going to make a lot of superhero metaphors just because I teed that up at the beginning. I hope you're ready for it. I would love to learn a little bit more about how you went from a one-year-old sleeping in a bassinet made of sheet metal to uh, the founder of XOI Technologies. What was your path from, you know, one to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I think that uh, I usually I don't tell the Genesis story quite that far back, but I think it a lot of that upbringing kind of kind of shaped the opportunity I've had to start this business, which is I was kind of in the in the bubble of everyone I knew work with their hands. And so when I think about, you know, what I grew up in, that's what I assumed I was going to do. That was what everyone I knew and loved did. And so it was certainly one of those things where I go, yeah, if you're a hardworking man or woman, like you work with your hands, it's what you do. That's how you earn a living. Uh, and so as I got into the real world more and more, uh, realized that my generation, as I guess a geriatric millennial uh, is what they call me, uh, is, did, was not taught the same thing. And that same message was not sent, you know, which is, uh, hey, don't do those jobs. In fact, try to not do those jobs as much as possible. Go, go get as many degrees as you can. Uh, to stay away from those things. And it was a really interesting, it represented itself in my career as well. So as, a, as an entrepreneur in a manufacturing facility myself when I was in my 20s, as well as uh, as an employee at a construction business in the field, designing and selling HVAC systems for that group, uh, I couldn't find people. And so this really represented itself in kind of the skilled trades gap we talk about today. And so uh, the reality of the combination of that realization, kind of my upbringing and the realization of what was happening in the broader ecosystem, what my generation viewed in terms of good hard work, and kind of the advent of smart glasses was the impetus of, of XOI. And so um, you know, several years ago in ACHR, the news they had this big headline 
uh, about XOI, which was a smart glass revolution. And we were a bit, little, little bit early on that curve. And certainly smart glasses have done well in other industries. But uh, that was kind of the, the, the naive entrepreneur going, yeah, we're going to smart glasses, see what technicians see, do what they do. We put thousands of those out. And of course, we've pivoted and matured our, our platform quite a bit since then. But that was the impetus. That was the reason. And uh, that was, you know, nine years later, here we are. That's so cool. I didn't realize that you guys started with that smart glasses revolution. I actually have not seen a pair of smart glasses in very long time. So I'm assuming the technology has evolved since then. Yeah, for sure. I, and I, th I think it still is. I mean, uh, we got a little too cute with it in the early days. And any technician listening to this, here's a $2,000 pair of smart glasses. Keep it charged, connect it to your phone for a hotspot. Don't break it. And if you do, we'll have to get, we'll get it back to you in a couple of weeks. Um, it definitely, the hardware was, was an issue and getting outside, but we learned a really important thing, which is the foundation for this whole business, uh, which is that that curb to curb space, that kind of that time for when a tech gets out of their van, the time to come back is critical to, to all the people they communicate with and all the information they need, uh, while they're doing that part of the job. And so it was, it was an important part of our journey. Uh, but, uh, certainly, yeah, the smart glasses delivery mechanism, uh, wasn't the right time for that. Got it. That's a wonderful answer to it. I love reframing as definitely a learning lesson. And it sounds like you've got, you, you've definitely processed it. Um, so I hope you don't mind me calling you out on it, but I was just like smart glasses that just kind of like threw me back. I can give you a hundred other dumb decisions I've made in this business. We could spend the whole podcast on that, but yeah, that was definitely a learning lesson for sure. I could do the same thing for you as well, uh, but in my per uh, in my personal life, I've never ever made any dumb professional decisions ever. I'm perfect in every single way, so I don't make it late. So we kind of went into a little bit about what XOI does, but for the layman who maybe never heard of you before, for someone maybe who's not even in the trades, how do you describe the company and what you guys do? Yeah, so we're a software solution on mobile devices and tablets, just as you'd expect a lot of the software that's in the space. We focus very specifically on the mechanical, electrical, plumbing kind of discipline, if you will. So a lot of times that's kind of actualized within HVAC residential commercial and in the same for electrical plumbing. But we, we think about it a little bit more broadly when I say discipline. So commercial kitchen would fall in there. We're seeing a lot of our customers move into EV charging stations at homes now as electric kind of car revolution is really taking over. So that's the umbrella. And we're focused on a very specific point in time and where the technician's journey is, which is that curb to curb space. Um, as you think about the time they step out of the van and they start to assess, diagnose the problem, all the different people they need to interface with, the customer, all the folks at the office, dis distributors, OEMs, each other uh, in meaningful ways. Uh, we've, we've created a, t a communication tool that leverages data science to not only give the technician something for their day to communicate more effectively with all those parties, but also uh, gives the opportunity for the company as they're collecting this information to make it smarter, better, and faster. So we really believe that you can, you can continue to get more efficiency, more effectiveness out of the technicians by delivering them communication tools to all those people that are involved through photo, video, live video, things of that nature. Crazy concept. Giving folks more information may allow them to be more do may allow them to be better at their jobs. I am so snarky in this in this interview. <laughs> I always have like a low low level of snark. Yeah, yeah. I always have you a know what's level. funny? You know what's funny about that? I am the same way. So so I, I, would, I tell a customer, I go, you get more you get more visibility on your Domino's pizza order than you do on the five thousand dollars that you're spending on a service call. Right. And, and they're like, oh, that's true. And you start to see it everywhere. So no, I, I love it. I have, I have a healthy dose of snark. It's all good.
I'm so happy. I don't know. I was just like, I don't know what's going on to me. Like, I always have a little bit of snark on the podcast, but like today it's like dialed up a bit. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's your know, geriatric millennial to geriatric millennial. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, you and me, we're the same kind of person. All right. So I love this. So why don't you tell me about, and you can even use the example you just gave, which is um, installing those charging stations in folks' garage with the electrical car revolution. A technician who has access to XOI technology Give me a walkthrough from curb to curb, like from curb to curb, what would that look like? Yeah, for sure. So we, uh, we recently, and I'll give you kind of the new journeyman platform that we just rolled out as well. Uh, we have a new, a new solution that's tied into ours called journeyman, which we somehow trademarked, uh, which I was pretty shocked by on the software side, but, uh, what it really is, is a virtual assistant, uh, for the technician. And so I'll give you context. The technician comes up and they take a picture of a data plate, for example, on a unit. We quickly, uh, because we've taken millions and millions of pictures of data plates now, we use optical character recognition to immediately feed them all the relevant history about that unit. So anytime their company had been to that serial number, that model family, if they're kind of dispersed across the geographical region, uh, service bulletins, IOMs, manuals, video content around that unit. So they have that in a matter of seconds. So their experience today without that is Google search, maybe my company put something together, maybe we loaded some files somewhere, call a buddy, hey, you were here two months ago, what happened? So we're pulling that all to the surface. And just recently uh, had a text say, this is like having a virtual assistant uh, for me on the site. And all, all you're asking me to do is take a picture. And that's an important piece that you'll hear as a streamline through what we do is that the technicians first, our first core value is we put ourselves in our technicians work boots. And so if it's hard for them, it's, if, it, if it's cumbersome in any way, we should ask the smallest thing we can of the tech for the biggest return every time. So the lens we look through is always that. What's the smallest possible ask for the biggest return for them? Because we believe companies should think earning technician trust earns market share. So our ability to earn tech's trust allows us to recruit, retain, and earn market share from our competition because we're providing them tool sets that give them a better experience all the way through. So, so that happens in Journeyman. And then they may say, hey, um, you know, and actually with our service type integration, that information writes back to the equipment list so they don't have to type out a 29 character alphanumeric. Asset registration is a huge problem in this industry, and it's because you're asking a tech doing eight jobs a day to type out in a 130-degree heat index a 29-character alphanumeric, and they don't always do it. They don't have time. They fat finger it, whatever it may be, and so that's in it for them, uh, and so we'll do from there. They'll do a sales proposal, video content. We'll go back to the office. They'll do video content for the customer. We listen to what they say within that content. We transcribe it to text. We do keyword extraction so we know what they're talking about. And we provide that to the customer through, through Titan as well. Uh, and so the experience for them is every meaningful thing they're doing between the curb, whether it's sales, safety, validation of work, uh, they're able to document. But we also have the ability to instruct. And so now that we're back kind of out in the, out in the ecosystem and seeing shows again, I had a tech came up to me at a trade show and he goes, oh, man, you guys are like TikTok for HVAC. Now, as that geriatric millennial, I don't have a TikTok account, but I hear it's a thing. So <laughs> I was happy to hear it. And I think that the point is the same, which is we have workflows that allow you to digest small pieces of information, the ones that you need to do the job. And so we'll have a step one in a workflow. It's like, here's a 30 second video on how to braise this issue or how to replace this TXV valve or whatever the case may be all the way down. And then they document how they've done it, which is great for the office, for the customer, et cetera. So uh, it's really instructive and collective. And that's how we've kind of built this solution and use data science to take tasks out of the text today they don't need and push them information they otherwise would have to go search in five different places for. 
So that's, uh, that's our solution in a nutshell. And then I think the final thing I'd say is live video. Uh, and so giving them the solution to tie to their distribution company, which are also our customers or OEMs, which we also are fortunate enough to have as customers to start to tie in the knowledge transfer into one central location that they have access to. So that's kind of kind of what we do in a nutshell on a couple of use cases. I love that. I think it's so cool. And I, we finally found a difference between us because I am addicted to TikTok. Uh, don't go on it. That's the only <laughs> thing I can say. Like, just don't try it. You'll be chasing that high for the rest of your life. Please don't do it. Um, and I just really love what you're saying. I love that you're getting great feedback from your technicians. And this kind of goes back to what I said at the beginning, which is how you're creating technician superheroes. You're really giving them a tool that allows them to get all of this information on this really complex piece of equipment really quickly. And it's able to streamline a lot of their manual tasks because as we know you know an effective technician can be running you know eight ten calls a day on different units at different houses and anything that can really cut that time down is going to be appreciated i'm glad you're getting some feedback from techs that are that's positive which is was really goes well into my next question which is i'm assuming you work really closely with a lot of technicians i personally work really closely with a lot of owners and operators, a lot of managers who oversee, because that's really where certain type service titans um, work really gets impacted the most. So I would love to hear a particularly memorable story that you have with a technician. Yeah, there's a handful that I cannot say on this podcast that are pretty funny. Uh, but <laughs> as I think about one that have, have meant a lot to me, you know, a big reason starting this business was the opportunity I mentioned, but also my grandfather was a farmer and my dad's in manufacturing and, and I saw what it did to the, the people I love most of my life, their bodies. They had built this incredible talent they could only express here when really what they had built was between their ears. It was here. And so when I think about the most memorable story, it was a couple of years ago, sitting down with a guy who had a few, a few back surgeries and tough for him to get around. Brilliant, brilliant HVAC expert, both resident commercial. So he whole stack of tonnages that he could, you know, really help guys on. And he said, hey, I just want to tell you that I wouldn't have a place to work if it wasn't for using this tool, because the only way I could express my talent would be with my hands, my back. And, and I can tell you, they must have been cutting an onion in that room or something, because was, there, wasn't there wasn't a dry eye in there. But I think about my family, I th and I see that guy in that situation, and it gives me chills right now telling the story. If we can impact those people and give them an opportunity to, to express their talent in, in a different way, um, they don't have to be in that physical disrepair. And so that's my, that's my goal. That's the story that stands out to me when I think about the impact. I've been fortunate enough to have a few of those. Um, and I hope that gives people an opportunity to excel in the industry and have a career path that's different than break your back for 40 years and then retire, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I want to, I want to get in on that a little bit more. We're going to jump around a bit, but one of the things you mentioned when you were first describing XOI was this ability to train green techs really effectively, right? That, that, that seems obvious in terms of all the information they can get, but there's also this live component where a green tech who's working on a unit, maybe they've never worked on before actually has the capacity to tune in and chat with a more experienced tech who has worked on this, like the guy you just talked about. And um, can you tell me a little bit about what that setup is like with your uh, more senior techs that don't have this capacity that can't be out in the field anymore? Um, what does that pipeline kind of look like for them? And, and what does their day-to-day -day look like if they're working on that side? 
Yeah. So a couple, a few different ways. So we've empowered our customers to actually build their own virtual service centers, which they've, they've done uh, within their businesses where they take guys that are, you know, guys and gals that are retiring or want to retire or have health issues. Uh, recently just talked to a guy about six, probably six months ago, he had a heart surgery and had to be out for a while, but they, you know, he could sit on his couch and, and help tech. So we'll see that where they'll give them the tools to empower that and do that themselves. Uh, we also now have a virtual mentor center uh, with an XOI in which, which our customers can leverage. Uh, we have experts on staff that help. We call it a mentor center purposely because we believe that technicians should learn based on these interactions, not just be given the answer. I think a lot of these folks are going to say, hey, what's the fastest answer? And certainly we understand you got a customer breathing down your neck. Sometimes you just need the answer. But our VMC experts are more about what do you think you should do next and why? And guiding them through an actual mentorship. Back in the day, you could shadow as an apprentice for five years. Today, the economics, just the nature of the business, it's a lot harder to do that. So we believe in providing that type of support. Uh, and so those are kind of the two options. And then we also have customers, as I mentioned earlier, that, that you know, at an OEM level have, have actually empowered their entire North American technical services teams with our tool. They support their distributors with that tool. And then they also are driving that down to their contractors as well. And so you get this pretty interesting data, kind of virtuous data cycle that starts to, to do what we really want to do with live video, which is make it self-serve diagnostic. We don't look at live video as kind of the end all be all. This is really just a, it's a relief valve and it's a step towards providing a, a tool that allows them to figure it out themselves. And so unlike other solutions or folks that are out there in the ecosystem, uh, we believe that every live interaction should be the last interaction, i.e. our systems should learn from it, tag it, tie it to an asset and drive that next action that the technician has through journeyman, for example. Got it. And I just want to kind of paraphrase what I just heard there. And I think this is so important to the skilled labor gap right now, because I mean, I, this stat has been quoted on this podcast a gazillion times before, but something like the average age of uh, service technicians is somewhere in the fifties. We are rapidly approaching, everyone knows this, a period where a big chunk of the business is going to retire. And some of them, like you said, their bodies have been really damaged in the line of this work. And I just love that this tool kind of provides hopefully a bit of a buffer zone for companies that maybe are looking in five years at losing their best tech or their best couple techs. And how can we take that knowledge and implant it into a younger apprentice and make sure that they have the tools they need and have all the knowledge that our best techs do. So I just really love that. And that was one of the things that really spoke to me when I first talked to you about the XOI solution. Um, so thanks for, for, for kind of getting into that. Uh, is there anything else in regards to that mentorship program you want to talk about that we didn't talk about yet? Yeah, I think, I think the only thing that I would add to that is there's a couple other things happening that are really exacerbating this skilled trades problem. So if you think about EPA standards, right, in our industry and HVAC specifically, they're changing every couple of years. We have another big one coming in Jan 1, 23. So you have knowledge degradation on both ends of the spectrum. So you have folks that are retiring out of the business, but the equipment, the asset, which is where all this stuff stops and starts, is the asset, is also changing. The parts are changing, the equipment types are changing, the materials are changing. And so I think that the, the runway for support in that way is going to extend maybe beyond five years. And the fact that the equipment's consistently, it's getting sensor systems. There's all these different things happening with this equipment that's going to change. And then we don't have a demand problem in this industry. We have a supply problem. As you can see, we're spending money, uh, infrastructure and things uh, like crazy. And so don't see an end in sight. I think it's just going to continue to exacerbate the skilled trades gap as part of the larger kind of 
knowledge issue we have in the industry. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of ways to solve it, but I think the companies that win will be ones that invest uh, in distilling what's between the ears of other most talented folks into a system that they can hire younger, retain more, and be able to bring people into a business that can be more effective on day one as a result. I love that. Um, thank you for bringing that, that calling that out. I, that's something I personally hadn't even thought about is just the way that all these assets are changing and how knowledge is not going to be as static as it used to be, um, especially with all the different EPA regu regulations and how the climate is changing. So that's also a whole other thing to think about. Geez. All right, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the value we get, because obviously this provides a ton of value to the technicians. Let's talk about what kind of value XOI brings to owner operators, which are you know, the people that primarily use Service Titan. Those are the folks I usually talk to. So what do you say to them that are like, why do I need this? Yeah, for sure. So you know, I think that the Journeyman platform has been a huge evolution for us. The fact that we can take relevant information on assets and deliver it to technicians quickly and meaningfully uh, that's going to evolve and continue to innovate in a really fast way this year. And so uh, as we start to think about which technicians are best for a job, the right skill sets, being able to apply our workflow to the journeyman experience, it will be more and more a self-serve diagnostic tool and an ability for a technician to really engage at, at that level, which is exciting. It ties me to the asset piece, which we also was part of that package. We released something alongside journeyman called Trade Insights. And so what Trade Insights does is it takes the make model serial, decodes the serial for manufacture date, and it starts to put out really smart analytics for owners to say, hey, how many units based on everything I'm servicing are end of life? Not end of life based on Asherary or what the OEM says, end of life based on my asset universe, so that I can go apply salespeople to go sell more of those assets. Uh, we just had a customer that um, over the first two months of this year has sold an additional $700,000 in units by being able to pull the trade insights off of this and give it to the sales team and say, here's where you focus your effort based on replacements. Use this data to point out, not what ASHRAE says or what any OEM says, but what's happening in this part of the country. Based on that, you should replace it. Look at the data of everyone else around you. Look at the, the, the times that you haven't seen units in over a year, they probably need to be sold a PM contract. And so the insights that we're starting to pull off of the data that's coming out of this curb to curb space is, is, is unbelievable. It's, a, it's exponential in terms of what it can do for sales, growth of the business, et cetera. And so I would point to those two things as well uh, as opportunities to engage uh, is the self-serve diagnostic for the tech and also the, the trade insights piece for, for the office and sales teams. I love that so much because I something you that you just said really caught my attention, which is within their particular environment. And yes, in their asset environment, but also in their physical environment. Where are they? What kind of weather are they experiencing? How is that weather really impacting their unit? Because if we have two HVAC contractors, one is in the Pacific Northwest and one is in the panhandle of Florida, it'd be really interesting to see how those units operate in different parts of the country, right? Obviously in the United States, and this could be applied anywhere in the world. Um, so I'm kind of geeking out about that. Yeah, we started to pull weather APIs from the past and started to analyze time date stamps with all the content. We have tens of millions of pieces of content assets. And we're saying, hey, when the weather looked like this in Austin, Texas for this period of time, we heard technicians talking about replacing these pieces. Uh, and so we're looking at kind of symptom issue resolution and it starts to give you a real context of what's breaking where. Um, and it's a real black hole for most of the industry. You know, OEMs don't know what's happening. They don't have field truth as we call it. A lot of distributors don't have a lot of field truth. 
Uh, and so when you start to assimilate that in one central location, the insights you can drive from it are pretty powerful. So I'm glad you brought up the weather piece. It's something we're working on now. Yeah, whenever I think about potential data solutions and whenever I really like get into data as someone who works in tech, I kind of have this out-of-body experience. It's kind of like the same as looking into space, like, whoa, like there's all these patterns. Anyway, again, the snark and the sarcasm continues for this episode. Let's talk about the second half of what I, how I introduced you, which is the reduced crime component. And I feel like that comes into play, especially as you talk about your, your relationship with distributors and manufacturers. So can you tell me a little bit about that? I think that this is uh, across MEP. This is the same in commercial kitchen. I was just in New York yesterday with a, a good partner of ours discussing this in the commercial kitchen space. But when OEMs make product and they put it through distribution, a lot of times the only purview they have is I sold this much equipment to this region or the state, and I had these type of warranty requests coming out of it. Uh, and so a lot of these guys have nine figure warranty costs every year of which they typically attribute anywhere between 54 and 64% is incorrect installation. Now, contractors listening to this will justifiably roll their eyes in the back of their head when they hear that, of course, of course, we're putting it in wrong. But what, what can happen quite often is that you have some unsophisticated contractors out there putting it in wrong, but you also have just, well, this is how we just kind of slough it off, but they're still trying to solve that problem. How does that warranty problem kind of contract? And then you know, how do we look at that? And so, um, as an example, we have a partner that we've worked really closely with where we had kind of data access to some of our customers that worked in this ecosystem. And so I said, hey, we want to understand the age of our units. We understand, you know, who we're being replaced by, if that's the case, that type of thing, uh, why they're breaking. And so with approval and, of course, the folks that are involved with this, we have the opportunity to provide them some field truth that they typically don't have access to. And so as they look at a lot of the companies out there looking to disintermediate them in certain ways, um, whether it's through distribution parts, et cetera, they have a really keen eye to how do we provide better experiences to the tech. If, if I think about why we've been successful, it's because most technology solutions have been put on a technician. We're gonna, we're gonna do cell control. We're gonna track you on GPS. You've gotta fill this thing out. And I think what companies are realizing is that these are the people making the decisions, making the recommendations, these are the folks that if I empower my contractors to have the best possible knowledge experience, I will earn more of their business. And the reality is they're not just guys running around with tools anymore. They are folks that are really dictating what the customer is using in every single way. And they've made it pretty hard for them. A lot of OEMs, for example, and they, they would all probably acknowledge this, maybe not, but wait times went from 30 minutes to an hour, to two hours, to four hours. We've heard crazy stories of wait times on technical support being six, eight hours long. It's, it's crazy. And so how do we, how do we make these, these systems more scalable and how do we deliver that knowledge to the job site every single time in an effective, scalable way? And that's, that's kind of how we see working with those folks and, and not only their delivery to their technical service teams, but also how they interact and communicate with the rest of the ecosystem. I want to bring back the formula that you quoted at the beginning of the show, which is you believe that when you earn technician trust, you earn market share. And I think that also goes back to the OEM. And again, I just want to highlight the incredible power of data in this scenario to be able to give OEMs real-time information on how their equipment is actually working out in the field, right? Because 
right now they don't really have it. They have that nine figure warranty number, like you had said. And what does that tell them? Oh, it's costing me a lot of money to, you know, for these units. I don't know why. Um, so I really love the idea that your platform will be able to give them more insight and hopefully build better assets. Yeah. And that's the intent is how do we, how do we give the youngest possible technician, the tools they need to effectively install PM and break fix any type of unit. And there's ways to do that very scalably that doesn't require live video. That's always a relief valve and it's an augmentation to that process, but there's ways to give technicians tools and we're doing that today that's, that can be really impactful. Awesome. All right, so for the next part of this interview, I really wanna focus on you because I talk to entrepreneurs all the time and you are an entrepreneur that is in the trades, but a little bit more trade adjacent. You're in the technology space. So before we kind of pivot to that, I just wanna, XOI does a whole bunch of stuff. I'm geeking out on it. I'm sure a lot of our folks listening are geeking out on it too. Is there anything we should have talked about XOI that we didn't? You know, I think I think that one thing I would mention is that, um, that that earning technician trust piece one of the biggest things we've learned over the years and spending time with taxes they care more about the customer experience and they care what their boss tells them to do uh, and so delivering a tool in which the technician can deliver that experience any good tech will tell you that's who they're looking to make happy more than anyone else is that customer because that's the payoff their professional pride is met when mrs jones facility manager joe goes wow thank you you saved me this, you took care of me. I didn't have to have my kids sleep in a hot house all night or whatever. And so I think that the ability to provide tools that engage their ability to be professionally proud, connect with that homeowner is where you're going to see adoption, where you see value and, and really where we have seen the kind of seedlings that have created what XOI is today is how do you connect those two parties in more meaningful ways? So that's the only thing that I would say, and, and anyone looking at even outside of XOI, how is the tool engaging the tech and the end customer in a meaningful way in every job, continuous versus episodic use cases uh, that's meaningful? And uh, if you focus there, that's where you can win in the years to come. I'm so happy I asked that question because I've never heard that take explicitly shared on this podcast before. Again, owner operators obviously focused on growing the business, growing revenue, creating a great work environment for their technicians. But the component of they take pride in the work that they do and the reaction from the customer has never been explicitly stated here. And you just triggered like 10,000 ideas for me in terms of ideas for future episodes of this podcast. So thank you. So let's talk about you. Um, I want to learn about your entrepreneurial journey. So I'll start with a very entrepreneurial question, which is what's your why? Probably just to kind of double down on what I mentioned, um, you know, before my grandfather passed away, I think the last kind of 10 years of his life, he needed help getting out of a recliner. You know, my dad, who I love dearly, is one of my best friends. He was down, down in Nashville where we were based a, a couple of weeks ago. And you know, he's, he's low 60s, young, pretty young guy. And just seeing him with my kids and seeing how he struggles physically, my why continues to be, I want to make a legacy and an impact in what this industry is. And I hope that the men and women that have to abuse their bodies in the future don't have to do that anymore. I feel like that will be a, an opportunity to really make a difference. And if I can do that with a team of people that I've been really good at one thing as an entrepreneur, which is finding people a lot smarter than me to do jobs a lot better than I have. And I probably did that way too late uh, <laughs> compared to most because I was playing too much hero ball. But I feel like the combination of those two things are, are really important. And um, that is that is a legacy I hope to, to impact the industry in that way, looking back at it. 
Love it. I just wrote down Hero Ball because I want to get back to that. But I have a feeling my next question may dance around it. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice at the start of XOI, what would it be? Yeah, stop playing Hero Ball. Um, I think I think that you know entrepreneurs have to run control. They have a certain personality. They feel like they can do the thing and, and they want to do the thing. I think that what has been humbling for me and eye-opening over time is I should have gotten different more people in skill sets faster. And I feel like uh, there was there was a lot of hero ball in those early days uh, where I got it, I got it, give me the ball, I'll shoot. Uh, and the reality is teams, businesses are only good as a team. And I think that that's what I would go back that amount of time and tell younger self is, hey, find those people earlier and faster because you're gonna save yourself a lot of pain not trying to do it all yourself. Right. And, and I think that takes humility and emotional intelligence and, and all the things. But that's what stands out to me. Got it. Another question I which I didn't send to you beforehand, but which just came to mind is you as an entrepreneur yourself, if you look at service entrepreneurs, so owner so owner operators of HVAC plumbing, electrical businesses, where do you see commonalities between you and them? I would say based on having the fortunate opportunity to talk to thousands of them at this point, I think folks that are later in their journey would probably have a similar answer to what I just said. Um, they were, they're running a lot of service calls themselves. They were doing a lot of other things. And once they found those smart people around them that could do that job better than they could and acknowledging that they could, um, is a big, is a big thing. I think the nature of the service business, I mean, it's in the name, it's service. You know, you're looking to create great customer experiences. And I think one thing that we have been intentional about uh, is about providing those great customer experiences uh, to the point that my board probably wants me to not spend as much as most SaaS companies do on customer success. Uh, but I think that those experiences, I think customer success is critical uh, because you have people doing very hard jobs. And the reality of being able to effectively give them solutions, ideas, and kind of allow them to explore and innovate within that very important space. We keep talking about that final model service delivery is really important. So I think that's where the similarities really align. I think our culture fits with that. I think our culture is kind of, we take our business seriously. We don't take ourselves that seriously uh, because we like to have a good time. And so I think a lot of companies I work with have that mentality, very salt of the earth. Um, they work really, really hard, but yeah, they're, they're not going to be sitting in a room kind of trying to prove to everyone they're the smartest person in the room. And you see a lot of businesses uh, that kind of get there. So that's, that's the, top of the top of mind, what I think about are those pieces. Um, I will, I'd say the last thing, which is interesting, I've asked those thousands of CEOs and owners of contractors two things, or one thing that's created two answers. Why are you successful? And I always found this to be super fascinating. So it's always a variation of two things, reputation, trust. It's always kind of number one and a close second, or maybe they swap is our people, our talent, what we do. That's the reason. And the, the, the thing about XOI that was always interesting to me is this tool is not snake oil. It's not, oh, hey, we, we got the AI, right? A lot of companies love to talk about like they bought it from a freaking supermarket. Like we have the AI. Um, it, this tool is about expressing those two ethos more effectively. If you think about everything that we do, it's about building better trust and transparency, building reputation. And it's about expanding, enhancing the knowledge uh, of somebody on site. And I think looking through that lens, those will always be two cornerstones of service businesses, right? Which is reputation, trust, letting someone in their home and your facility, wherever the case may be, and talent. It will always be there. 
no matter how many sensors and performance plans people start selling and all the things, it will be a human to human interaction that matters. So I think the tools that we look at have to kind of empower that, that ethos. And those are something else I'd see is we share. Uh, you really, you really hit my funny bone there with that uh, AI thing. I've certainly heard that before. We got, we got it. We got the AI. Um, and I 100% agree with everything that you just said there. On this podcast, talking with owner operators, managers, those are the two things that they always credit. It's our reputation and it's our people. And th that is, those are the ingredients that make a successful service business. So, so happy that you reiterated that. Um, last question about your you know, journey really is what's the best piece of advice you ever got on leadership and innovation? So much. And I think um, probably the one that, that impact, I feel like I'm going to be a broken record here, but I think my best mentors and advisors, I think we're, we're quick to be able to point out how much faster you can move if you find those right people. I think those are important things. The thing about business is the best thing are people, but they also can be the hardest thing. So I think that where that, the other side of that token is if any entrepreneur is listening, has done this for any amount of time, would agree completely. You also have people situations that are very hard. And to the point of in your role, when you're a leader, CEO, president, it's, it, you're on an island already. But the reality is you've had those employee issues. You've had those situations in which you've lost faith in humanity a little bit. And I think the best, I think the best advisors, mentors I have is like, no, there's like all these exceptions, but people are worth it. People are worth investing in. They're worth continuing to nurture, continuing to build relationships with. And I think somebody who, you know, anyone who's been in my position will know exactly what I mean. It's hard sometimes. And so I think that, I think that is the best advice because again, people are the best part of the business and can be the hardest part of the business too. 100% agree. So we're going to wrap up the podcast. You, uh, man, it's almost like your your job is to talk about XOI and the stuff it does. You just breathe through all my questions. Um, but here's a question I've been asking everyone on this season of the podcast, which I absolutely love. I'm going to make a Spotify playlist of everyone's answers. It's going to be eclectic. If you had to choose a song to be the soundtrack of your life, what would it be? Am I gonna, I'm going to be annoying and give you two songs. One that's been, been the soundtrack and one that I aspire for to be more of the soundtrack. I would say Till I Collapse, Eminem. Uh, that's going to be there. But also trying to balance that with Surrender All by Jesus Culture. So those are the two pieces. You got curse-laden Eminem and Christian worship music. I know I'm going to throw people for a loop, but that's just those are my answers. <laughs> I think that is a wonderful, complex answer that folks who see you at the next trade show can ask you about further. Um, Aaron Salo, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with me. I really enjoyed our conversation and I'm looking forward to see what XOI does next. Jackie, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Are you looking to build a top tier service company? Service Titans Contractor Playbook is a handy guide to help you get where you want to go. Authored by the industry's greatest minds, this free all-in-one playbook will help you set your company up for success. Learn how to provide excellent customer service, establish your company's culture, market to new and existing customers, and more. Just go to servicetitan.com slash get playbook to access the free digital guide. That's servicetitan.com slash get playbook. Thanks so much for listening to Toolbox for the Trades. To make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. 
If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love if you open the app and leave us a rating. Just tap the number of stars you think the show deserves. See you next time.